Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together, we're sharing ideas that will help families grow stronger, healthier, and that are both inside <laughs> and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook. And give us some likes and reviews on your favorite podcast platform. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Emmanuel Rose. Emmanuel was born and raised on the West Coast of the United States. He has spent over three decades earning a reputation in cutting-edge marketing, and he has started writing a children's book series. His children's book series, Wanaha Harry, is the growing result of his newfound passion, and he hopes young readers around the world will find inspiration and maybe a bit of magic on their own. Welcome, Emmanuel. Thank you for being here and for being on our show, and we look forward to talking with you. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to have a conversation with both of you. Exactly. When um, we actually, through you know, part of our growing of companies and things like that, Emmanuel and I ended up on a networking business call together, and we started talking and realized that he actually is started originally here in Oregon, just like Herb and I are originally from here in Oregon. And it's like, wow, that'd be really cool. So here we are in a networking meeting in distant lands, but we're actually right next door to each other. And then we found out that he is a nature enthusiast as well, and the books that he is growing. And so I wanted to bring him on and have families talk about and think about a little bit about how do we get our kids back involved in nature? How do we get them out and enjoying nature? How do we let them let go of devices and go find out what is out there? So Emmanuel, just give us a little bit more background about why the books, you said a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about why these books are important. Yeah, three, 30 years of becoming a digital marketer and, and a reputation for that. How did you go from <laughs> 30 years <laughs> to writing children's books. that's That's got to be kind of an interesting story. Yeah, well, the transition from to having grandkids and having them be remote from where where uh, my wife and I are. So, you know, we talked a lot about it. Like, we still want to help to um, shape values and shape their worldview, but we're remote and from them. So, um, you know, we just, it was just conversation. And then one day, um, I'm, um, I'm turkey hunting and um, I just came back sitting next to the river uh, in a quiet moment of reflection. And literally there's a red tail hawk doing circles around uh, doing the hawk things and the rivers rushing by. And there's this big, big, uh, beautiful uh, wall in front of me that's moss covered. It's kind of tired and, and reflecting. And, and it all kind of came together when Aha Henry, the red tail hawk, and uh here's here's the 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 idea and um just the, the it was very organic kind of uh inspiration for it um uh, in, in that moment so went back to camp wrote wrote an initial story and and then started going down that rabbit hole of uh of creating these stories and i've written about 25 of the stories and uh, now the kids are getting older and so i've had to transition from the for the picture books into the, more of the chapter books <laughs> so um, it's a chance, you know, as a marketing professional, I'm a storyteller. Uh, these stories are more from the heart and more connecting, connecting uh, my my lifelong passion for being outside uh, with the grandkids and with storytelling. So you're writing books to your grandchildren and you're writing them age appropriate. So when Aha Harry is growing up with your kids and 
Oh, that is yeah. fabulous. So, so they get picture books and then they get a little older reader book so that they can keep up with him. That is a fabulous concept. That is a great idea. So it kind of keeps me, it keeps me thinking and learning and, uh, and uh, figuring out how to weave in not just the the magic for the kids, but also for, uh, you know, for the, our, uh, for their parents also. And uh, if you're going to take your kids outside, you've got to learn a little bit more about being outside yourself. And so um, it, it really is a uh, kind of a glue for the whole family, ultimately. Reaching the adults through the kids. That's a, that's what we're doing through. That's what we're doing through vibrant family education too. It's like, we, we say we're working on the kids, but really it's a lot lot of help for the adults is really what we're helping with. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, we all know that kids need to be outside, be off the screens. Right. I mean, the mental health crisis that, that the Gen Z's and the alphas are, are facing is a, is a real thing from social media and from, uh, being on on screens all the time and um, as as mentors and grandparents and parents we have to uh, find ways to um, inside of ourselves to to drive these kids to do things that are, are in real in the real world yeah exactly and what better way than through stories because you know the at least when we were kids, you know, getting a really good story that you could really get your mind into and everything and then lots of times you would want to go try some of those things that was in the story, right? Now, sometimes it got in trouble. You know, you talk about (laughs) Fudge who wants to jump off the roof with his cape. Not a good idea, but (laughs) if you can get them interested in those things from reading the books, wow, that is amazing. Yeah, there was a lot of books that I read as a kid that made me want to get out in the woods and do stuff. And like this kid that left his family and hollowed out a tree and lived out in the woods in a tree, in the base of a tree for a year. And then eventually... His family came and lived with him because they needed to get away. What was the name of that book? That My Side of the Mountain? Was it that yeah, one? Actually, that is what it was. I remember that. Yeah. I remember all of it. But <laughs> so yeah. So you so tell us a little bit more about Wanaha Henry and some of the some of the adventures. adventures that he gets in so that our parents, if they if they want, can can find these books. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to hear that. So what is what is what what are your what does Wanaha do? What does Henry do? Well, he he's uh, out on these uh, sightseeing adventures, going to uh, you know find the find the grouse or uh, or check out uh, an area of the forest that had been burned, and and then the uh, grandpa grouse then gives him kind of tasks to do, and so the the first one is uh, uh, seeds to a tree. It actually uh, ships with um, Doug fir seeds that the kids can then plant, uh, they can grow in and plant somewhere. Um, the, the, the secrets of the grouse, uh, ships with pollinator plant seeds. So you, you can put those in the front yard and bring in some hummingbirds or butterflies. So he's, um, he's always engaged in, in seeing, uh, a, a challenge and kind of the hero's journey uh-huh. and, and then taking some action into, uh, making a contribution to solving uh, whatever whatever that situation is. So not only do the kids get to read an interesting story, but there's actually things that they do and can plant and actually start making an impact. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's an activity with the story. Yep. 
That's that's really awesome. That is amazing. I love it, love it, love it. So yeah, it sounds like kids, if we can get these books in their hands with these families, then they will want to go out and explore. So it sounds like you've also been doing like research and stuff. So you know that, you know, what you're telling them in the book or what they're having them do in the book is really connected with what will be good for our nature, our society and things like that as well. Yeah, so I, I try to uh, weave in natural history and and you know some high level concepts about tracking and about the animals and what their their nature is so that it's it's based in reality and yeah. and it's kind of tuning them into um observing i guess is the best way and then and then i'd leave some things incomplete so that they um it will trigger some research either by the parents or by the by the kids so we're triggering uh thinking also <laughs> Yes, growing that love of learning, wanting to learn more. That is such a beautiful thing because we really need to get our kids re-engaged, right? And that those conversations can happen with the parents as they're reading the book or with the grandparents. Do you actually like ever get on like Zoom or anything and read with the kids? How did how did this turn into, yeah, reconnecting more with the grandkids? Well, it's funny. It's uh it's it turned into where I would give those, I'll give a new book to Susan whenever she'd go visit the kids. And so she would read them to them. And so it, it ended up, that was my gift to, to both Susan and, and the grandkids. So she's read them to them the most. And I even, I had a stuffed animal of the hawk made for Christmas for, for Henry for uh, one, uh, one Christmas, you know? So it's uh, the tradition I come from, it's called coyote teaching, right? We're, we're, we're just given enough so that it, it triggers some interest and, and then, uh, then it's on the individual to go and, and continue to to learn and, and dig into whatever is is triggering them and is interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of how we talk about our education and getting children to love learning is is you find out what they're interested in and as they start going in that direction, you encourage it and you bring in learning opportunities, and then they can actually start pulling it in because it's like, oh, I like this. And they start learning without even knowing that they're doing that. So, so yeah. How, how did you, how did you come to that? Cause it's like, that's, that's like an advanced education technique. Strategy. Is this something like you knew ahead of time or is it just something that you just kind of stumbled into because it made sense? How, how did, well, yeah, it's a, it's a strange twist of fate. My mother was a preschool teacher for most of her career and then I ended up uh, working at summer camps and, and did that um, activity. And then I studied with a man named Tom Brown, who's called the tracker. And he's, um, he's from the, uh, the Lippin Apache band of, um, of natives from, uh, from Arizona. Mm -hmm. And so weaving together those uh disparate uh areas is how i've i've kind of reached the philosophies i have around uh around training humans to to observe and, and integrate uh, what they learn well that that's awesome because you know so so many people don't have that ability to actually just kind of take these things and make something useful so the fact that that you put this together is like well well done um you know recent part of our schools like we we just interviewed somebody with a phd in pedagogy which is education 
And she was talking about the stuff that we were doing in our school. And she goes, oh, yeah, this here, there's this study that shows that what you're doing here is is just right. And, hey, here's this study that shows what you're doing here is just right. So through anecdotally just experience of what we've experienced over the years, the school and the stuff that we're putting together is just right on as well. So congratulations on being able to to see that and and move into that and, and to take that step. You know, so many people have these ideas and then don't move. So, so well, well done. Congratulations. And and thank you. So how many books are in your series now? Let's see. I've got uh, two of the, of the uh, picture books. I'm working on two chapter books. One's around uh, tracking and and the tracks of the the animals. And then uh, another one that's, it's called uh, Henry and the magic rock. And, it's one that's around him just sitting in by the creek and then getting some realizations from and being able to talk to the animals. Um, and then there's a book that I wrote for the parents, which is called Nature Bound. And that's that's 50 activities to do with kids outside and uh, kind of how to prepare for that for, as the parent or the mentor. Right. Yeah, because there's a lot of new parents now that that haven't been outside. Yeah. So it's true yeah it's like sometimes i go into people's houses and it's like i I go into their kitchens and it's like their their oven their stove has never been used in the houses right our 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 parent age people right now are 20 to 30 year olds they're missing so many life skills Mm -hmm. and so yeah having having the book to help them get out and to teach them what to do to teach mm-hmm. the kids that's that's super important too because yeah. if it's just for the kids and the kids are like bugging the parents it's like hey come do mm-hmm. this and the parents They're don't like, know how I'm to not do sure it about that <laughs> so yeah, give yeah. The, the the trip the the clues too so so well, what are, yeah and for those oh go ahead sorry no i'll keep going oh i was just saying for those parents who who can't or don't have interest in being outside then i always say Send them to summer camp, send them to day camp and let them get uh, some experience, let the kids get some experience that way, because that that can be life changing also. That is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, Here in Oregon, Mm -hmm. we have this thing called outdoor school or we used to. It's actually back. So they used to send the the, class of kids out for like a week. Now it's down to like a day or two. It's three days, but yeah, Yeah. still actually get in nature. It's like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So every year the, the, the school would send the kids out into a nature area for a couple Mm -hmm. of days to, to, because so many people now grow up in cities and never actually get out into the grass, into nature and see what is out there. So fabulous, fabulous work that, that, that that it's doing and when the kids get outside and start to see this stuff for the first time it's like wow look at all the stuff that's here mm-hmm. so exactly. and so tracking so you teach them how to identify animals and track animals and as well yeah just to start that that process of uh what the different the different tracks look like and and some s- stories about what those animals how, how they live yeah 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 so when i was a kid i remember before moving to Prospect, when I was, I, we moved to Oregon when I was eight. I lived in California in a, in a concrete jungle. And I remember <laughs> right. doing Indian guides back then. It was before oh, yeah. 
YMCA. Yeah. Indian guides was a lot like that. It was, it was camping. It was, it was learning to track. It was learning about animals. And those were, those are some of the memories that I actually have from that time that, that are still holding on is being able to get out of the city and seeing trees and playing in creeks and playing with animals and bugs and stuff. So, I mean, that, that, those are some of my best memories growing up when, yeah, when same, I same. lived in the city. Same for me. Yeah. Being able to go out for the weekend camping and uh, just mm-hmm. having sticks and rocks and dirt and getting bored and figuring out what you're going to do. Right. That's an important part of a kid. Exactly. And I love that what you just said, sticks and rocks and dirt and then getting bored because we, there's so many people now who think that they always have to have something to give to their kids give them something to do give them something to do it's like no they need to be bored they need to have that time to like you said kind of go inside introspective think about and if they're bored then their imagination starts going off or they actually think about who they are and what they want to be and things like that so please let them have their sticks and their rocks and their dirt and be bored (laughs) for a while 100 (laughs) percent and and give them some time to sit by themselves. I think that's an important one you mentioned, Christina, is that um, that's how people build uh, the power of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we have to answer those questions. Who am I and what am I here to do? And it's not going to happen by scrolling through Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely not. I remember one time we went to my parents' house. Yeah. And they had a tree in the backyard and I was like talking to my kids like, hey, go, go climb the tree. And they're like, what? And they didn't know how to <laughs> climb a tree. They'd never climbed a tree before. So, you know, me growing up in in out in the woods in Prospect, I knew it. So I was like, I climbed up to the top of this tree. It was like, got so high. I was like making the top flow Sweat. back and forth. And my kids were down on the ground watching me like I was crazy. And then when I climbed down, it's like they spent the whole day trying to figure out how to get up and down in that tree. So it's like, how how can a little kid not know how to climb trees? Just kind of. So, again, it's it's like now we have to make kids go out and do that because now so many parents are like, oh, get out of the tree. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to break something. (laughs) Me, I was kind of the opposite. It's like, go, go get in that tree. Hopefully you fall down and hurt yourself and learn something. (laughs) Not Not badly, but a little bit. (laughs) It was mom going, um, um, I don't want them falling out of the tree and getting hurt. And he's like, let them go. It's like, yes, I got to step back and think about this. It's okay for kids to have experiences. Yeah, you got to know how to get into trouble and how to get out of trouble, right? That's a that's a life skill that we all have to learn. That is a big life skill. Yeah, if you get in, how do you get out? And you know, one of the things I like to remind parents of is that if they do it when they're younger and the consequences or the reality of it is smaller, it's a lot easier to learn and it's a lot safer to learn then than when they're older. So yeah, let them have those experiences to get in, get out of trouble. Exactly. So one of the things you mentioned in your book that you have um, that you wrote for the parents, do you mind sharing just like one or two things out of there? Of course, don't give the whole book away, but let's give yeah. our some tidbits of what can they do to get their kids out into nature? Well, there's, you know, a couple of things. One is like just just a scheduled time to go and find a county park that's next to a creek. Right. And just go for a simple hike yeah. and, you know, take take a, a, a day pack and have some snacks and you know, comfort and, and the 
and and those things uh, are, are are important. So you got you got water, you got trail mix. You're uh, making it fun and enjoyable. Could be uh, some kind of a treasure hunt so that you have have that activity while you're creek walking, or it could be finding a spot, uh, a campground state. I mean, especially in Oregon, we have so many great campgrounds. Yeah. Um, and you know, I run through the list of things that you need to consider. In, if you're going camping and you're not certain how to do that the first time and, and how to track down campgrounds or BLM property or, or national park and, uh, and then uh, making sure that the food's good. They've got a tent and they got a little nest to be in. And that the rest of the time you're working on getting them out on, on a trail of some sort. And, um, and then having all these little ancillary things, it could be a night hike. It could be 30 minutes on a rock by yourself. Uh, or it, you know, it could be, um, plaster pairs for tracking, right? So yeah. that there's activities, but it doesn't have to be extravagant and it doesn't have to be every minute is scheduled. That's really, it's really the beauty of those, uh, those types of trips. So one thing that, that I, I'm just going to probably say, it's probably not in your book, but take an extra pair of clothes and let your kids get dirty. You know, you've got a clean car and you don't want dirty kids in your car, take an extra pair of clothes, take a towel, let your kids get dirty when they're out playing. Because if they get dirty and they get all ooky, then that for some reason is, especially for boys, is going to draw them back to wanting to do that more. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. We would uh, we'd do an exercise where you actually uh, dig a, a, a hole in the ground that is... Um, that's the length of the, of the kid. And then you bury them in the soil and actually put a handkerchief over their mouth so they can still breathe, but they're completely, completely buried in dirt and for a period of time. And, and it's amazing. The, uh, you can almost feel like the heartbeat of the surroundings when you're buried that deep in dirt. Ooh, that, wow. that like sense my claustrophobia. <laughs> like, I'm not sure I could do that. That but yeah, that, that sounds amazing, but yeah. I'm not sure I could actually handle that. Yeah. So <laughs> reminds me of every time we would go to the beach, we would dig go to the dry yeah. sand and dig a great big hole in the dry sand, and then we would get covered up in the sand. Of course, <laughs> I would never cover my face. I always had my head out, right? But it was yeah. just amazing because you could feel the weight of the sand and you realize mm -hmm. that it was warm and cold at the same time because the sand was kind of like cold, but you were kind of warm. And then if you really got still, either the waves or your heartbeat, you could feel those different things. Yeah. Yeah. And so it changes thing for parents um, who, who don't have a lot of experience of this, what he was talking about campgrounds. There are campgrounds where they have cabins. There are campgrounds where they have yurts which is kind of an yeah. open-sided tent. Yeah. They have campgrounds where you can drive up and put your tent right outside your car. And then they have campgrounds where you have to hike into stuff. So if you're like, oh man, I can't do that. It's like, you can start with baby steps. You yeah. can go get a cabin and then like take the hiking trails outside. Yes. So there, there are so many different available Level, levels yeah. of availability. Yeah. You don't have to like, buy thousands of dollars worth of camping stuff and learn how to do it all at once. You can, you can creep into it and make sure you like it. And then once you realize how awesome it is, then you can start, yeah. start getting deeper and deeper into it. So you don't have to jump in all the way, 
but but start getting at least your toes a little bit into the water. No, that's a great point. Her uh, like the the you're camping out in Manzanita and out on the coast mm-hmm. of Oregon. That is uh it's really it's an easy easy entry. You really only need a stove and some sleeping bags and you're you're good to go for a weekend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it can just be one night or you can try to go longer, you know. Again, um making sure that you have the food, a few things that the kids really, really like you know, those snacks that'll get them going just in case cooking takes a little bit longer than you think. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're like, oh, I'm just so exhausted. I don't really want to cook. Okay, cool. We'll eat all the snacks and do something tomorrow. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Quesadillas are always the best. Well, out in the middle of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So what is one of your favorite, like, do you make your own trail mix or do you like go buy it at the store? What are some favorite things that you want to have with you? What do you like to take with you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I'm a trail mix guy. I'll, I'll buy buy something even just from Costco and then add uh, another bag of M&Ms and dates. So you can never have too much chocolate and too much sweet inside the peanuts <laughs> and the almonds. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Almonds. Yeah. No, dates and more M&Ms, more chocolate. You're a guy after my yeah. own. I love chocolate. <laughs> I like dates. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. You would eat the dates. I would eat the chocolate. Yeah. You know, oh, I, you're minors. <laughs> you know, you get the trail mix and you get those people who like kind of start sorting it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's sort the trail mix and see what's in there. No, I mean, I'm I'm a handful guy. Just throw it all in, like like the textures, like the like all of it all together it's like each handful is different if you put a whole bunch in so <laughs> and then the classic of you know the hot chocolate and and marshmallows around the campfire i mean there's I, every kid loves to do them the, get a stick sharpen a stick and then um, roast their own marshmallows so these, mm-hmm. these little things that become the tree marshmallow torches they don't start roasting marshmallows until they're teens when they're little kids they just enjoy (laughs) that's true (laughs) who doesn't (laughs) right exactly oh so have you taken your um grandkids out camping obviously they're not quite old enough for that yet i think next year next summer will be the first one so (laughs) uh um we'll probably get them out in uh in the Tahoe area in, in somewhere down there. Yeah. And then um, probably, I mean, we'll see how adventurous, how much, how much uh, permission I'll get from the moms, but I might even take them backpacking. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So six, they'll be six next summer. So we'll okay. old, just old enough. Yeah. Great age to get started on all of this. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, was there anything that you were thinking about that you wanted to kind of mention that we haven't kind of re- touched on? Um, uh, I think, you know, if, if they're, you're talking about parents and, you know, if they're homeschooling, then it's, uh, I've, I've talked to people where they say, yeah, we have one day a week that is just around nature or nature and meditation or, you know, so that it's part of the, the curriculum that is scheduled in. And then that way, as the instructor, the mentor, you you're figuring out new things to do all the time. Right. Um, so, you know, that's one one nice thing to do. And one of the things I like about what you're doing so much is you're teaching children again how to be human. Mm-hmm. So so many of our stuff, we're separating it out, we're doing electronics, and we're losing touch with the earth. Cause most people, 
you know, don't realize that that they're Earth. So like when people talk about, ooh, Earth, they're talking about me. They're talking about you. It's like yeah. every, everything we eat is from the Earth. Everything we breathe is from the Earth. So it's like we are part of this Earth. And so to to separate yourself from nature and to think, oh, that that's that's nature. That's not me. It's like, no, you are nature. You are part of that. Mm-hmm. So to get out into the life, to to get back to part of what we are, it, it brings people back to their humanness. And that's, again, part of something that's so lacking nowadays. It's like the the farmer people and, and out in they they get it. You know, as when I grew up out in the woods, I was always out in the woods. When it got dark at yeah. night, there no lights, there was no sounds. It was just yeah. there. And then moving into a city, it's like that the separation of there. So bringing people back to that, bringing kids back to that is such an important thing to do right now. Yeah. And so, so again, yeah, I'm not really sure if that comes to a question, but thank you for, for helping, <laughs> for helping get this out there, get that back yeah. out there again. Yeah, well, you bet. It's uh, I got to do it because I know it's the it's the missing piece in our in our culture right now, and it's um, it's um, the the connection is what's going to m- let us m- move these kids forward in a healthy and, and productive way. And if we don't do it, then uh, nothing good is going to happen. So exactly, yep. So one last kind of tip is, you know, even if you can't go out camping, even if you can't get to the park or whatever, at least go to your closest green grass area and take your shoes off and actually touch the grass, touch the ground, ground and let the earth and you kind of jive and connect a little bit, right? Start there if nothing else, because like Herb said, like Emmanuel said, we are connected. We need this connection with our earth, with our nature. Yeah, and connecting to the Schumann residence, which is the vibrational frequency of the earth without the rubber on your shoes. So again, just connecting, grounding, connecting to the frequency of the of the earth that you are a part of is so, so very, very important. So again, these books help kids start to make those connections and, and it's just so important. So yeah, I'm I'm looking. Yeah, just wow. So Emmanuel, before we go, make sure you say out loud, how can people get a hold of you, find the books, et cetera. Let's get this connected and out to more families. Okay, thanks. Yeah, the website's emmanuelrose.com okay. and the, the children's books are, uh, are there on that, on that site. Wonderful, excellent. And of course, everything will be down in the show notes as well. Um, I think you said that there might be a free gift for people if they connect up with you. Yeah, if, if you connect up and, and uh, you know, even just send me an email, I'm happy to send out uh, a, a bundle of seeds and you can plant some some pollinator attractors in uh, in your front or backyard. That would be wonderful. And of course, I know he's done his research and they're probably the ones who are very safe or here in Oregon or wherever you are. So, you know, don't worry about that because every once in a while we get those packages of seeds that are actually not native, right? So we need to make sure... <laughs> Exactly. So pollinators are attractors. Is, is that for bees or birds or both or? Yeah. So for uh, for bees and, and butterflies and, and hummingbirds. And uh, those are the primary pollinators. Yeah. Right on. We love hummingbirds. We have one or two that hang around here, right? And they come buzzing in and everything. It's, they're just fun and amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. The, the what, 100 wing beats a second. It's, a, it's in, incomprehensible. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, Emmanuel, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining us on Bringing Education Home. Parents who have listened and followed along, thank you. Listen also to all those little tips and nuggets that we dropped along this show, right? There's ways to get your kids involved in nature, get your kids involved in reading, get your kids reconnected with grandparents. This is a beautiful idea. Let's get the generations talking again too, right? Grandparents, grab these books and go read with your grandkids, even if it has to be on Zoom, right? Plant seeds, get your fingers in the dirt. Hey, you maybe get to bury your kid. that sounds like an awesome thing to do i there's times where i wish we could have buried our children so um you gotta dig them back up and it'll be okay so so have so folks just thank you for being here again emmanuel it was a pleasure talking with you and i love the work that you're doing helping kids get back out into nature helping families get back out into nature because it is so important for so many families who, who just don't get that anymore. So, so thank you for your work. All right. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed the conversation. All right. All right, everybody. Bye for now. We'll see you next time.